you're on that ladder and you're beside me, I want to help you get to the next step together. If you're below me, just because you started after me, or I'm uh, just ahead of you in whatever you're trying to do, I'm going to reach out and try to bring you up with me. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is building great sales teams. I suppose so. Yeah, I guess I'll do your job moving forward. <laughs> it's it's insane. And I got that email right before you came on. So I was like, oh, that was not, I should not have read an email. I, I try to keep everything clear like five minutes before mm-hmm. so I can kind of zone in. Yeah. It, it, it's happened too many times. I've gotten a bad email or a bad phone call like right before a podcast. And it just takes me a second to freaking recover. That, it's so funny you said that. Like, I, you know, I try to do the same thing, dude. I've been dealing with some crazy stuff just with some of the business, the other businesses I got going on. And I'm like, I saw an email pop up like three minutes ago and I'm like, I'm not reading that right now because <laughs> I, I, I know, I know it's going to aggravate the hell out of me. So I'm like, nah, I'm good. We'll pass right now. But Absolutely. such is life, right? I mean, there's ups and downs, there's wins, there's losses. I'm going to share some of that on, you know, my podcast coming up, uh-huh. not in super detail because I, you know, I don't want to call anybody out, but, um, you know, sometimes you just make bad, bad decisions and it's like, it's about pivoting and moving on and, um, I've been dealing with that like crazy recently. So it, it gets tough because you get in the zone, especially like on the solo episodes. Yeah. And then like I was talking about a, you know, a termination I had uh, a couple months ago on one of my episodes and I accidentally said his name. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, I got to edit that out. All of that. Yeah. Hey, delete, delete. I always do that. I'm like, Marissa, I'm like, Marissa, delete that. Thanks. <laughs> no, I'm still trying to find my groove too. I got to be honest with you. Like it's so much more comfortable for me to just have a conversation like this yeah. than rather doing it solo. Because, you know, what I found is I'll have like 10, you know, probably 10 to 15 minute like rants that I want to talk about. And then I get behind the mic and I kind of freeze. And I'm like, yeah. uh, 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 it's super awkward. Yeah. So. so I found this nice medium between, well, first of all, my first like 15 episodes were with guests and yeah. that got me super comfortable. You know what I mean? And then yeah. I have so much training and um, just e- experience when it comes to building sales teams. So, like, yeah. I've got 12 years on certain subjects, and I try to compress them into one episode. And the episodes, the solo episodes, end up being 45 minutes to an hour. My yeah. last few have been kind of short, but and it's crazy because I just unload on them, you know? Yeah. And there's, like... I mean, there's structure. Like, I, I, I do take 15 minutes before. So, like they say don't over-prepare and, you right. know what I mean? But I do take 15 minutes before and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll write out, like, basically the structure of how I want it to roll. And for the yep. most part, I'll keep to that structure. It's just like I do when I do sales meetings or, like, a presentation yep. or something like that. Same yeah, just thing. Just an outline to keep you on, on track, right? On yeah, point. You don't want to forget what your, you know, the thoughts that you had. And I, mm-hmm. I've actually, you know, I'm only three episodes in. So I've actually like, I'm, I'm learning this stuff as I go. Right. And a lot of, t- I do a lot of just like chauffeuring kids around and, you know, I'm in the car quite a bit just because I'm, you know, I got four kids. I'm going here, I'm going there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my like good thoughts come like when I'm driving, I'm by myself. So I'm yeah. like, Oh, you know, voice record, voice record. And then yeah. I go back and, and try to try to put it Piece all together. It together. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's been cool. Yeah, I mean. It's... All right, guys. I got Josh Payne. He's an entrepreneur, author, and mentor. He owns Payne Capital Investments and multiple franchises with two men and a truck. He's built multiple seven-figure businesses. He's the creator of the More Than Mindset and podcast. 
and he's been featured in publications such as Forbes Business Magazine and Business Franchising Magazine. Josh, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on, brother. No, thank you so much for having me. I tell you, you read that off, and it sounds like I'm so uh, I'm so much greater than what I really am. So <laughs> you got a good uh, PR I, person. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think my wife wrote that a long time ago. But uh, <laughs> you know, I'm super excited to be here. Really, before we get started, Doug, I want to commend you for what you're doing with your podcast and the information that you're putting out there. I think that. Um, there are so many people who don't have, you know, millions of downloads who are putting out the real raw information about, you know, just entrepreneurship, business ownership, sales processes, all the good stuff that you're doing. Um, and just know that like it's being heard, it's being heard and implemented by guys like me. Um, so I know for sure there are other people you're making an impact on. So thank no, you. I appreciate that. Doing that. It, yeah. You need to know it's, it's definitely being used and uh, you're making an impact. And I know that that's what you're all about. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, I love the messages and stuff like that. We've we've kind of entered this area where in the past there's been all these influencers and everything, and they've been talking about business at a very high level. You know, they're already making multi millions of dollars or maybe a hundred million dollars, and they're an influencer because of all their success. Versus, you know, now we have this platform that we've created through social media and through uh, the guerrilla version of social media marketing. Mm -hmm that we can actually like make an impact in our local markets or even in that in-between phase where you're building your business or you're, you're starting to scale. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But one of my best pieces of advice is never be afraid to share a lesson because you're always one step ahead of somebody else. You know what I mean? And that one step is what they need to, to get to the next level. So why not share that? And that could end up being one person. It could end up being hundreds. So I love this kind of space that we're playing in now. Let's talk a little bit about how we met. So I was out at the first, the inaugural RBO Mastermind right. event. And, you know, we had these breakout sessions. And, of course, everybody's in the room. Everybody's like, you, you, you do it inadvertently. You know, we're, we're alpha men, right? We size each other right. up. We kind of like, hey, you know, what's this guy all about or whatever? And you had been, maybe I didn't sit at a table with you, but you had been fairly quiet to that point and reserved, you know, and uh, I was like, what's this guy all about? You know, and we, we sat in a breakout session. And uh, so basically in a mastermind, a breakout session, you go around the table and talk about your big ass problem. And then everybody gives you advice on how they think you should handle it. Right. And you, you know, you can take it with a grain of salt. You can use it. You cannot use it, whatever the case is. And you are just like, every time you talk, you're just delivering gold. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, who is this guy? You know what I mean? Like, I hadn't heard of you yet. Um, and, of course, everybody was new in that mastermind. Sure. So I hadn't met a lot of people, just the few people that I knew from Apex. And so I, I was already, you already piqued my interest. And and then you talked about um, about not wanting to kind of, like, share your message because you didn't want to yeah. come off egotistical. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, I, and then I just, I lost it at that point. I was like, man, you have got what you just told the last five guys that had a problem was like yeah. perfect advice. You know what I'm saying? So how many people are out there that aren't hearing that advice that need that advice and can't pay, you know, 25 grand to be in a mastermind like this, right. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, that was like our, our first interaction right there. Yeah. And I vividly remember that. It's funny. I, I, you know, I, I unknowingly probably did the same thing, right? You do size up everybody in the room and you're kind of trying to figure out who does what and yeah. you know, what industry experts are here. And uh, those breakout sessions at masterminds to anybody listening, those are the most impactful and powerful things that you can have at a mastermind. The speakers and the speeches are great, but if you're putting together masterminds, just remember those round tables and breakout sessions, 
um, are where guys like me and I'm sure Doug and other high performers are getting the most value because um, it gives you time to interact one on one. But um, yeah, I, you know, I think I told you before we, before we connected, you know, you were the one who pushed me to turn the camera around. You made a statement to me after I said that, because I, I remember saying, Hey, I don't want to be pompous. I don't want to act like I'm a know-it-all. I feel like I'm a nobody still, mm-hmm. um, even, you know, with what little success I have. So I don't want to be on a mic and, you know, on a camera acting like, um, Ed Milet or Andy Frisella, and I've got the world figured out and I'm some billionaire. And, um, when you looked at me and you said, Hey, just turn the camera around. There's a lot of people who need to hear what you're saying. I took that to heart. And I believe it was like the next week later, I'm like, you know, I'm doing this as uncomfortable as it is. I'm, I'm going to start talking. I'm going to start posting on social a little bit yeah. more. And we've been growing that. And, um, we started the more than podcast where, you know, it is all about helping, um, the in-between people that you mentioned in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, that, that aren't, you know, at the peak of the mountain yet, they're right. still, maybe they, maybe they haven't even gotten to the mountain and they're ready to climb it. Maybe they're halfway up the mountain. Um, that pool of people needs to hear a message, um, from people above them on that ladder of success that you mm-hmm. talked about. Right. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's my mission and, you know, anybody who really cares about helping others to reach down on that ladder and pull them up with you, you know, and, um, sharing my message with a little, with a little kick in the ass from you to turn that camera around has really just been focused on that. I know what I know. I'm never going to talk to you about anything I don't know. Right? right. So if you're on that ladder and you're beside me, I want to help you get to the next step together. If you're below me, just because you started after me, or I'm uh, just ahead of you in whatever you're trying to do, I'm going to mm-hmm. reach out and try to bring you up with me. Um, and that's just been the entire goal and the mindset from um, literally after that, that mastermind. So, you know, I'm thankful for Kale and Trevor for putting that together. I'm thankful for being seated with you. Um, you know, I'm thankful for everybody who was at that table because I don't, you know, I believe the universe did that for a reason and yeah. it just kind of catapulted to where I am today. So, and that was the sediment around the table. And honestly, the sediment in that group, it's like, we all have an amazing message to share, whether it's the, you know, the guy doing a hundred thousand a year or the guy doing 10 million a year. Like everybody's got that message and they need to get it out there, you know, and there is a, I guess, a big part of the problem right now. And we won't go too deep into it because I know you got a lot of value to bring. But um, a big part of the problem right now is there's so many people out there that are faking the message and that are using it for, you know, a quick buck. And so it just hardens everybody. There's more of them. There's more of the not real ones than the real ones. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So it kind of hardens everybody to it. And. You know, not that like, you know, most of it is reactive, right? You put the message out there and then somebody reaches out and says, hey, I heard your message makes sense for me. You know, how would you approach this? And then the conversation goes from there. You know, you don't really have to defend it a whole lot. I mean, I, I, I chuckled the other day because I got a, uh, a comment on one of my reels, you know, and reels is the biggest area of opportunity for us right now to get our message out. Right. Yep, yep. And some guy just put on there. You are wrong. <laughs> I'm like, Yes. I'm finally Can I getting get a little bit of substance there. Like, yeah. And, and you what know, am I wrong about? Yeah. And, and that's where my, my head went at first. And then I was also like, man, but that's like, how many people do you see that have like millions of views and likes and are making this huge impact that like 10% of those comments are negative, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, I'd yeah. rather at this point, I'd rather have a negative comment than no comment at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause at least I'm making them think, you know, I'm challenging their point of view, whatever the case is. And then if I'm getting negative comments, then it's getting outside of my current circle. It's getting outside of that circle that I'm in with people that agree with me and I'm getting out there in the world and able to maybe 
Maybe next time somebody will put an actual thing that, or a reason that they think I'm wrong, we can actually start a real conversation. <laughs> and you, and have, you have like actual dialogue about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And you sit there and you waste like 45 minutes of your day trying to convince somebody that your way of thinking is the right <laughs> way, right? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that, you know, that was one of the biggest catalysts for me to to kind of like open up that box of, of sharing information and like, mm-hmm. t- you know, fl- flipping the camera around and becoming extremely uncomfortable. Um, it, it was the fact that there are just so many people who are sharing false messages with yeah. false intentions, right? And they're taking advantage of, of those people who are, you know, trying to make the climb to the top. Because when you're trying to make that climb to the top, you're, you're really grasping and trying to find that one like golden nugget or that one piece of information from somebody who, who like positions themselves as a person of influence or a person mm-hmm. of success. Yeah. And you think that they just must have like some secret that you don't have. So anyone who's inexperienced and who wants to take, you know, a shortcut or get to the top of that mountain faster, they will pay you whatever you want to pay. Yeah. And I've seen so many people lose money um, and and actually be put, you know, further back from where they were in the beginning because they wasted 20 grand or 50 grand or 100 yeah. grand on a mastermind or a coaching program that they can never even they can never get out of that. And they right. never can achieve the mission that they started out on. Right. And so to me, it was just, you know. I'm a disruptor. That's what I've done my entire life, right? Mm -hmm. Like I've disrupted my family tree. I've changed that. I was the one in my family to kind of um, change like what the perception of what success really is and what you can achieve. Right. Um, And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to disrupt this a little bit. Um, And even if I get 50, 100, 200 downloads an episode, whatever it might be, I'm going to disrupt the hell of this industry because there are too many people faking it and putting out false information. You know, I, I, I couldn't agree more with your sentiment there that mm-hmm. it is hardened. And there are times that like, dude, there's so many times I'll record a message. And I'm like, you know, how many people are going to like question me or um, think that, um, yeah. you know, I'm wrong in my thinking. And it's like, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Like if you disagree, like that guy disagreed with you, that's fine. It's actually good. I think to have those types of conversations mm-hmm. uh, so that everybody who involved in the conversation can grow and learn from, from the other person. That's what life's about. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, still having to defend your thoughts and the way you perceive business and life mm-hmm. is completely different than what it was like five or six, even seven years ago, yeah. because you have these tro- people have been burned so badly yeah, that they're absolutely. looking, they're like, you know, there's like an Antifa of people who are out there like trying to find the yeah. fake coaches, which is cool. It's good for me, but Hey, don't attack me, dude. Like I'm one of the good guys. All right. Like <laughs> leave me alone. Go, go find these bad guys. It, There's plenty out there. You know, it, it does. It takes, it takes years to prove it to them. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, I've, I've been doing the podcast for nine months and, uh, I've been putting out content now for uh, a year and a half after I joined apex, you know, that's part yeah. of the model building your machine. And, uh, I've never been, like, I've never hidden that. I'm doing exactly the model that Ryan Steumann lays out, you know. And uh, now that I've been doing it for a year and a half, I'm just starting to get that, like, momentum to where it's like, yeah. okay, Doug's a real one. He's not just another person regurgitating the same information and putting it out there and all that stuff. So let's uh, let's kind of backtrack a little bit. I, I want to talk about where this all started. You know, how did you get into entrepreneurship in the first place? Yeah, so as a, as a young kid, I always knew that um, – business ownership was what was like my path in life. Okay. You know, when you're 10, 11, 12 years old and, you know, you see your parents going to work and busting their asses all the time and, you know, living paycheck to paycheck to put food on the table, there were like little memories that were, you know, ingrained in me at that age 
the where I vividly remember, like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to struggle to like pay my bills. I don't want to struggle to have to put food on the table or limit uh, the amount of food I can buy for my family that week. Right. And I was blessed to be friends with people who, whose parents were successful. Okay. Um, what I thought were successful. Right. Um, and a few of them were business owners. So it was like, at, you know, at, at 10 or 11, at 10 or 11 years old, I got to see, Oh, a business owner. They have a nice fancy house. They drive nice cars. Their kids wear all the name brand stuff. There must be something to being a business owner. Right. And then as mm-hmm. I progressed just through high school and into my later teen years, like after I graduated it, you know, I learned more about the world and the way that it worked. And I had those jobs that every kid has where you're like a hostess at the local restaurant. And uh, I did some warehouse or factory work with my stepdad, like right after I graduated, I'm like, this just isn't me. My brain doesn't work like on a nine to five or, you know, you know, a, a 10 to six type schedule. I knew that I needed to go out. And ultimately when I was young, like be my own boss, that was it. It was about controlling my time so I didn't have to report to anybody else, you know, and that's looking back is I'm glad I had that mindset because it, it catapulted me to just always be looking for that entrepreneurship or business opportunity. Um, but it was likely a little bit immature at the time. Right. So, yeah. um, I just knew I wanted to own something. I didn't know what the hell I wanted to own. Right. And yeah. while I graduated and I went to college for a little bit, that wasn't for me. Um, I knew I was good at sales, right? I cut my teeth door knocking, selling lawn care, right? Like I'm walking up to your house and I'm saying, Hey, I'm with this lawn care company. You see these dandelions out here. We'll come and treat them. You know, and I have no idea like if the product works or whatever, but (laughs) (laughs) most people don't when they first start selling. Yeah, dude. When you're like 18, 19 years old and like, you're literally dropped off in a neighborhood in the middle of nowhere, you know, you got a cell phone and a, a pen and paper you're knocking on a door. You could get some sweet old lady or you get some like asshole, man, you learn to be a chameleon. You learn to communicate. You learn to like navigate those conversations very quickly. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I knew that I had a knack for sales. So that was like check mark number one. So I was like, Hey, I know I can make a lot of money in sales and I understand to own a business. I got to be able to sell my business. I did that for a couple of years and I got an opportunity to go be what was called an in-home consultant for two men in a truck. Okay. Um, where my job was to go into people's houses, which I was no stranger to, right? I was mm-hmm. fine going up to people's houses um, and do a walkthrough, talk about the services and ultimately um, get them on our schedule. So you were the closer. I was a closer. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. I was a closer and I fell in love with that business model, right? Because in looking back, I, di- I didn't quite understand what I fell in love with back then. It was the money, right? Because I was mm-hmm. like, holy crap, I know what we charge kind of have a good idea for like the expenses on the backside. These things are cash cows. Right. Um, but it also, what I didn't realize at the time was it was like filling a bucket of mine um, that I didn't know I needed filled. And that was like genuinely helping people in a time of need. Um, and moving is one of the top five most stressful things that anyone goes through in their life, right? It's like moving, divorce, death. They're all like in that top five. Okay. So I got an, an unknown satisfaction by helping, you know, this elderly lady, whose husband just passed, move into a retirement home or helping this young couple move out of their apartment into their first home and knowing that I was a part of that process, right? So it was twofold. I saw, hey, I can make a ton of money. Hey, I can help people, you know, change their lives in one of the most stressful times. Uh, I was blessed to have someone who was, he owned the, the franchise at the time. Um, and he was super interested in expanding and he was all about providing opportunity. Um, so we had several conversations just about my want and ultimate need to, to be a business owner, right? right. Uh, where it was like, you know, I had to tell him one time, like, I, I don't want to report to you anymore. I want yeah. to be my own boss. Like, I'm confident enough to do this. Give me a chance, 
Do you, you know, know how big of a blessing that is, though? Like, how how old were you when that happened? I was 22. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, 22, when, 23. I was super young. When I was 22 years old, I was being, like, pushed down. Like, hey, you're too young. You don't know any yeah. better. You know what I mean? Like, you're you're not ready to be a business owner, all that. And, and, and here this guy is, like, he opens up that. I mean, you had to knock down the door a little bit, right? Yeah. But yeah. he opens up that opportunity for you. And, I, and I, I'm assuming this was kind of your first mentor. It was, yeah, he, I would say my first business mentor for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Like where, um, he, w- he showed me the, the, the other side of the business. I didn't quite know yet. Right. The back end stuff, P and L's and understanding like cost analysis and stuff like that. Um, and that's not to say, so I, I was 22 or 23. Um, there were plenty of people telling me I was too young to go like own a business. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like there were Plenty of people who said, Hey, Josh, it's just, you know, you, you know, look at you. What do you know? Um, and in my brain, it's just like, it's super easy to take that information and like become devastated by it and just think, yeah, it'll never be for me. It'll never happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and just give up. But, you know, I, I don't know what to call it or, or like how to explain it. It's just innately, I knew like, no, I'm going to figure this out somehow, some way. Um, so what's super interesting, and there's like a plot twist there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was taking too long. I was like, Hey, I'm tired of like, we've had these conversations. You told me you'd give me a shot. Yeah. You know, and it was never like, I never felt like he was BSing me. It was just more like that, the right opportunity wasn't there. And it right? wasn't a From priority an expansion. maybe for yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm out of here. And I was like, so I'm like leaving my first business mentor. Right. And I remember mm-hmm. being devastated. Like I remember going to the car and crying. I'm like, Oh yeah. my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm like 23 years old. I thought this was going to be my life. A couple of weeks later, I like fought, find this sales management job at a company, you know, 20 minutes away. And I go and I do that for like two more, two years. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm stuck in the employee mode. Yeah. At the same time, I'm like recruiting guys within this new company I'm working for. We like start our own little moving company that like fails because I'm trying to do it like twilight moving and stuff like that. Right. Because like that world just like sucked me. And I was like, oh my God, I, I can do this. Forget yeah. two men in a truck. I'll go do it on my own didn't work right young Mm -hmm. and mature didn't have the capital to make it work but the the entire time even as um a sales manager like i was like doing this on the side because i knew i was just not going to continue to do this nine to five lifestyle and report to somebody else Mm -hmm. uh long story short just so happened i was pissed off one day i was like i got to get out of here i can't keep doing this i start googling um job ads two men in a truck sales manager. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Oh, just so happens to be the guy that mentored <laughs> me for a couple of years. He's looking for a sales manager. I'm like, all right, tuck my tail between my legs. Yeah. Give him a call. Hey, listen, I might've been a bit immature, a little bit impatient. I still have the same goal. Are you still interested in expansion? And it was just, um, you know, I would say divine intervention. It was the universe working at the right time. I went back, managed, uh, managed the sales team there for like eight months, by month 10, you know, we opened up the first franchise in Canton, Ohio. Nice. Three hours away from my house. I had a nine-month-old son. Um, but I said, you know, this is my chance. Like, I'm the guy here now. All right. So I get to go. Now I know that we were meant to meet and to have this podcast because when I started my business or when I took over, uh, when I owner financed it, my daughter was yeah. nine months old. Yeah. <laughs> my first child. Yeah, that's so, super cool. So when you say owner finance that you had, like, so you, you were like paying back the original owner with essentially like profit, sweat what, equity. Is what what was, he right? thought, you know, was the value of the business, which was 200 yeah. grand at a time. It was actually zero, but you know, now I know that, you know what I mean? But, uh, it was a, it ended up being a great deal for him. 
But it, it also, like you... What's like a said, great deal for you, too, right? Exactly. I mean, that's, it gave me this opportunity to own something, like you said, and that's all I wanted. And I was willing to pay whatever for it. It, it, it could have been $2 million. It wouldn't have made a difference to me. I knew I was going to make it work, you know? Well, dude, I think, like, what you just said is an amazing point because um, that was 10 years ago for me, right? Mm-hmm. And without that opportunity, because it was owner financing then, too. Like, I didn't have cash to go, you know, put four hundred grand into a location. Right. But we came up with a deal. He's like, look. Um, you pay me a million dollars. I think over seven years, this thing will be worth a million bucks. All the profit comes to me. You get a little bit over, you know, over the next time. But as soon as you hit that nut of a million bucks, I'll sign it over to you. Nice. And, you know, and there are times I'm like two years and I'm like, holy crap, like this is never going to work. Or, you know, like did I make a bad choice? But I was an entrepreneur. I was, you know, I was grinding. I was doing my thing. Yeah. He wasn't involved at all. Right. It was my show at the end of the day. But, but, you know, I just sat there and I was thinking to myself, like, this is going to take forever. Right. Especially when you're doing an owner um, financing type thing like that. And the wheels clicked and I got him out sooner or later. But but the point of that is like so many people would sit there and say a million dollars. Are you kidding me? Are are you being greedy? Like what? You know, just like you said, 200 grand, it was worth zero, but you got your chance. Yeah. Right. And it's about understanding like sometimes like to have what you want, you got to pay a little bit more for it. and You got to be a little bit more risky Mm -hmm. than what other people are willing to be. And that's entrepreneurship. Right. Like we are the ones who can take those punches in the gut and take those risks when other people aren't going to do it. Right. So, you know, like I tell people like, yeah, I had to pay a million bucks for my first run. They're like, Holy crap. Like, are you kidding me? I would have never done that. And I'm like, that's why you're you and I'm me. <laughs> so 10 years yeah. ago, that was crazy. Yeah. Now it's like, you know, look, look what that, that step that I took catapulted me to be able to achieve how many lives now I'm going to be able to impact because of that one opportunity that was given to me. And I, and I went and took, right. Mm-hmm. 100%. And, and so, the first thing that he did is he let you go, right? He yeah. didn't try to create the opportunity out of thin air because he wanted to keep yeah. a, a good person. You know, obviously he knew that you had a lot of value you were bringing to the table, but he also recognized he wasn't in the, the spot to do it, which is hard. In, in, in my 20s, it was very hard for me to let go of good people because yeah. I didn't have the right opportunity for them at that time. But then you came back, you know, he was able to capitalize on that opportunity and invest in you. You know, because yeah. there is a lot of risk involved in that. You could have just went and screwed all that up. You know what I'm saying? Then he would have lost. Said, See you later, to... and he's left to handle it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and so there was risk on his end, too, which I'm sure at that point, his portfolio was pretty nice and, you know, susceptible to lawsuits yeah. and, you know, uh, creditors and all different kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, million million dollar opportunity that's 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 nothing in comparison to what I'm sure it's provided since then. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then and then not, not only that, it's like there's a whole different level of get it done when you've got a two hundred thousand dollar note or a million dollar note, you know yeah. what I'm saying, to pay back. It's like and and, and not, not everybody has that. Most people are like, ah, close up shop and I'll owe some guy a million bucks. Who cares? You know what I mean? Maybe a judgment on my credit, whatever the case is, no big deal. But like I can tell you, and I, I was the same way. I harbored that. I was like, I've got to pay this crap off, you know. And he ended up because he had ownership interest on top of the two hundred grand. So he ended up over t- ten years. I think I paid out like one point two million to him yeah. that he made yeah. on that that deal completely. And in like, it's just like you said, he wasn't involved in the business at all, other than being a financial backer whenever yep. I ran out of money, you know, which is yep. a big deal. You know what I mean? It's a he huge sh- deal. He should have made. Right. He should have made that much that he did. So. It right, but that's up- two. That's there's two things that you said there that that like resonate with me wholeheartedly, right? And that's like the the simple fact that knowing you have no other options, 
right? Like you had to pay that back because you had nothing else to fall back on. Mm -hmm. Like it didn't matter to me. Like I moved three and a half hours away from my family. I didn't move. I'd go up there like four nights a week. I slept in the office. Right. But I had a nine month old son, a new wife. We had Mm -hmm. three older kids. And so I'm telling my family, Hey, you know, I own a business now. I got my shot. You know what I'm saying? And they're looking at me like, okay, cool. Like, look, you still don't really know what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah. How cute are you? Like, uh, so in my head, it was just like, I had like, I had nothing to fall back on. Mm -hmm. It was zero opportunity for me to fail because I'm letting my wife down, my kids down, this guy who invested in me down. I didn't have a backup plan. Right. And you hear people all the time say, burn the ships. Or yeah. whatever analogy you want to use. And I strong like, dude, that is the difference between like a successful entrepreneur and somebody and, and a wantrepreneur, right? Yeah. Because a wantrepreneur is going to start three to five to ten freaking businesses over a five to seven year period, and they're going to fail at every single one of them because they don't burn the ships. They always have a backup plan. Mm-hmm. And it's like to me, it was like win or die. Period. Like I couldn't imagine walking back home or driving home to my wife and saying, Hey, I can't do this anymore, or we're never, I'm never going to succeed at this. Like the thought of that now, like it's still like that made me sick to my stomach to think like that. Right. It was win or die. This is your only chance. And like, and I still have that mindset to this day. Like, and I know some people will think like, you're, I'm crazy or I'm full of shit, but you know how it is, dude, as yeah. an entrepreneur, like I wake up every day and I'm like, you know, as unhealthy as it is, I'm like looking at, you know, I have eight franchises. I'm looking at like all their bank accounts and I'm making uh-huh. sure like everything looks good. So then I'm like, okay, now I can breathe. I can go get an energy <laughs> drink. You know what I mean? And it's like. Like, am That's I a real. psychopath? Am I crazy for no, thinking like you that? Know, like, holy, I'm so like, I still feel like that kid who was driving three and a half hours, you know, listening to podcasts, trying to figure out how to run a business, getting uh, there and acting like I knew how to run a business, you know, and like praying to God that the phones rang every day so we could get trucks and driveways. You know what I mean? Like, I still feel like that. It's insane. I've got to stop doing it because I still do it every now and then, but it, it, it used to be my ritual to wake up every morning and check the bank account. Like, yeah. did something come I, dude, through I, that I didn't know about? And it is so like bad for your mental health to do that every morning. <laughs> you need yeah, to. I do, I do not suggest doing that. No. Don't do that. Because then you're pissed <laughs> off. Like, hey, what, what's this? I'm like texting my assistant. I'm like, what's this $8,000 check for? Like, I didn't know about that. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Just random stuff like that. Yeah, that, but the point is like, it, you, you cannot, like if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, no matter yeah. what anybody tells you, there is no secret. There's nothing you can pay for. There's no golden ticket. Like I don't have a golden nugget. Doug doesn't have it. These dudes you see driving their Lambos and their jets, they don't have it either. What they're failing to tell you is it just, it's, it's called like grit determination and like, mm-hmm. you got to grind through it. Right. Yeah. You got to do the same monotonous tasks every single day that are proving like giving you those daily wins. Right. And if you can do that for enough days in a row or enough months in a row, sooner or later, you'll get a little bit of breakthrough and you're going to feel like you're winning. Right. And it, it just drives me crazy that there's always this golden ticket for sale from these fake entrepreneurs that just doesn't exist. No, I mean, in, yes, knowledge is power, but experience is 10x knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the fact that I've been through this for 12 years now, I have a confidence when I'm waking up that I don't need to check the bank account. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's going to happen at some point during the day. Don't get me wrong. But it's like I can go through my routine and not feel like there's a fire in the back of my head that I need to handle. You know what I'm saying? Because I know whatever the fire is, I'm going to be able to handle it because I got 12 years of experience behind it, you know. And the the number doesn't really matter. It's like how many times have you had a negative bank account? How many times have you been trying to make payroll the night before and you got four hours to get that money in the bank account? You know what I'm saying? How many times? Like I did a lot of stupid stuff in my 20s, but it gave me a hard knock education. Whereas yeah. if I knew exactly what to do every day, I, I would have no backbone. <laughs> you know what I'm no, saying? No, no, no. Yeah. And you would be like, 
you would be stuck where like the people in the middle are stuck at, right? Like you're continually like trying to figure it out, which puts you in a position to where you're searching for somebody who has yeah. that knowledge. Right. And mm -hmm. you know, just the unfortunate thing is a lot of people, they don't have that knowledge. Like, or they think they do. Right. It just, it doesn't work, you know? And so my mission in life is not like, you know, I don't want to give off the false sense of like, I'm not trying to be like this coaching guru or create like, you know, like Josh is the mastermind guy or anything like that. No, right. like my core purpose is moving people forward. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and if that means like, I get to have a conversation with Doug today yeah. and somebody hears it and they take a nugget and I help them like make a decision. Okay. I helped you. I moved your life forward that day. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing with like my team. You know, what I do, what I figured out that's a little bit different than most others is I take the opportunity that was given to me 10 years ago and I provide that to people on my team, right? So I'm constantly yes. selling the dream of entrepreneurship and changing your family tree because of what, because of what was given to me 10 years ago. But because I also understand that I feel like, you know, that's what kind of God put me on this earth to do, right? Mm -hmm. He had me struggle and get to the points where I had to have a mentor provide me the opportunity, you know? most people who want to be entrepreneurs or who have that, that acumen, they don't, they're missing something somewhere else. And that's usually just an understanding of how a business is supposed to run or work, or they don't have the capital to do it. Right. Right. And it's like, who am I to be so selfish to not provide that same opportunity? Mm -hmm. If I have the capital to move you forward, then I should do that. If I have the knowledge, then I should do that. And, you know, I feel like when my time comes and I'm standing there and you know, I'm looking at, at God or whoever you believe in in the face. And he's going to say, what did you do while you were on earth with what I gave you? I want to be able to say, hey, my legacy is I helped these 12 people change their family tree, which in turn is going to help, you know, their children understand what yeah. it's like. And then their children and their children. And that I've started with the one guy who gave me a shot who I'll, I will forever be grateful for. Mm -hmm. But now it's like my duty and my calling to go help other people do the same thing at the end of the day. So. I love not that. trying to harp too much on like fake entrepreneurs and or fake coaches and stuff. But it's like, it kind of all like comes back down to that, right? Mm -hmm. Like people who are so selfish that they're going to take advantage of, of those who are struggling or trying to climb that mountain yeah. and, you know, who are so selfish to not like give back to others that they just sit here and they go through life um, thinking they're creating a legacy or thinking that, you know, the cars and the money in the bank is what it's all about. And at the end of the day, it's not. And like, you know, I'm 35. And the mm -hmm. fact that I understand that now makes me feel like, you know, I'm already super blessed. So yeah. now it's like, go do it. It's massive. Last couple of years, I've been able to get very in tune with what I want, the impact I want to make our mission statement for the company, we help each other achieve freedom. Just like you said, you know, 10 years ago, that's the opportunity or 12 uh, that I was given. And um, I want to reciprocate that. And so I built yeah. my company as such. That if you come into the company, you have a track all the way to a VP of sales or ownership someday. You know what I'm saying? And there have been several people that have come to the company that they've gone and done their own thing and opened up their own businesses. And I love that, you know, because yeah. now I have a, a basically a success story that came yeah. from our company. You know, we may not make a dollar off that other business, you know, yeah. but I have a successful story that came from our company that we can use to recruit more people and create more impact over and over well, again, you know? Dude, that's the word. That's that word. It's impact, right? And mm -hmm. like, so like, I, you know, I think like selfishly, like as business owners, we can look at that in two ways. Like, like what you just said, right? We can use their story to recruit better, to bring better people on board, mm -hmm. and to grow um, our portfolio by growing and changing other people's lives, right? right? 
Um, I like to look at it like, and I know like to some people, it's kind of crazy. You have kids, right? Mm-hmm. I, I know you do. I have kids. Yeah. I want when I'm gone, that person who I didn't make a dollar off of, and he went and started his own business because of information he learned from me to say, Hey dude, I used to work for your dad. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He taught me X, Y, and Z. And I was able to go open up my own business. I have 50 employees and I'm helping their families. Yeah. Like that's the stuff that gets me going. And that makes me uh, want to continue to like, just like, you know, puke this information into the world <laughs> to help other people. That's a great, I feel like I do it. that quite a bit. Like I, I, I definitely like, you know, just like kind of diarrhea of the mouth, but uh-huh. you know, like to me, it's like, as an owner, you got two choices to two ways to look at things. Like, and if you, you can look at things like in a selfish manner and get a little bit of like gratitude from that on a short-term basis, or you can look right. at, you know, your wins and your successes and how do you make those wins and successes wins um, and opportunities for everybody else on your team. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you're going to feel a lot better. Like knowing that you're literally changing family trees and you're not worried about buying your next boat or your next plane. Right. I feel like, you know, when I'm 80 years old is going to make me feel a lot better about my life than, you know, laying in my hundred million dollar mansion with, you know, nobody around. 100% man. Yeah. So again, we, we went off there a little bit. Let me scale sure. it back. All right. Most businesses fail within seven years. I think yeah. the number right now is 65%. It's actually gone down. It was like up at 80% when I first started out. So apparently it's easier to run a business now than it ever, ever has been, which I would you agree get lots with. of free money now. Yeah. You get lots of free money. So <laughs> you let a lot of businesses lasted through the seven year mark because of the free money. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And so, but you, you didn't have that when you were in year seven. Yeah. So what do you think was the difference maker for you and, and your business or businesses at the time? Yeah. So difference maker number one was the mentor that I had, mm-hmm. right? He had, he had been in business already for 12 years. So he had already learned lessons and um, shared them with me to, so I could avoid those roadblocks throughout the journey, right? So it was a very clear path and having that one person to kind of go back to and ask questions to was super helpful. Um, the, the, the mindset of having no other option is what, is what, is what ultimately was like the motor behind everything. Mm -hmm. Right. I feel like, um, outside of like a money thing, right. Because I had him as like, like what you mentioned, like a financial backer. So if we ever had a really bad spot, you know, we, we had that money to go to, we never had to do that. Right. We always ran the play every day and executed Mm -hmm. not perfectly, but we did. Um, but just uh, like having that understanding that like I succeed or I die yeah. and taking that to heart people like, I don't say that like to like get a, a nice little clip from my Instagram or to like, you know, make you guys like to make people think that like, I'm some like psychopath. It's like, yeah. no, I literally believed that. Like I believed if I didn't make this work, I had no other options. I sure as hell wasn't going back to a nine to five. I wasn't going to go like, I, I knew like if I didn't do this, I quite literally was going to like, you know, mentally be dead and like, why, why survive? Right. So There's- it was really those two things. And, you know, you know, we never had the capital problem, which is why, you know, most people fail because of the fact that I had that mentality. I had that mentor to help me, you know, he brought me up that ladder, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, but at the same time, dude, it was just like, win or die. That's it. There's a, there's a huge practicality to it too. Cause if I think about it, like right now, like I, the government came in, shut then that is probably the only thing that could stop me from operating. If I couldn't operate within the confines of 
the you know bank accounts and, and yeah. you know business licenses and stuff like that. They just shut me down completely. I I can't imagine going to another business owner because obviously I wouldn't work for Fortune five hundred or anything like that. I, I'd go work for another small business. Yeah. I couldn't imagine going to him and saying, "Hey, here's my resume," yeah. <laughs> and him not being like why the fuck are you going to work here? You know what I mean? Like, so that there's the first thing in, and going and being two years into the business, right. Where that, that, that quit, that pivot point is where you normally quit. Right. I couldn't imagine going into somebody else's office and being like, Hey, I'll take this sales manager position, No, you know, and then seeing how they, and that was my problem. I got fired for most of the early jobs because I kept telling them how to do theirs because I kept seeing holes in their systems and their processes and their, their training and everything. And so I kept getting fired, you know, yeah. I actually, my mentor fired me once before he hired me back. And then I bought the business. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like me, like literally like, yeah, like yeah. I got hired then, then I left cause I was immature and pissed. And then, yeah. then he was like, okay, I'll bring you back. You yeah. Know? It was definitely immaturity that I got fired for, for sure. I just, yeah. Like, and dude, honestly, like, you know, I, like you asked that question and I almost feel like a fraud that I can't give you like four or five like bullet points of, well, you know, we pivoted here and I was able to put cash over into this bank account. And, you know, I utilized, but it's uh, not, it assets. it's like, it wouldn't do it justice. Dude. No. It's yeah, yeah. And it's like, that's where people forget. Like, or you think that there's like some special ticket or some secret. It's like, it's not, mm-hmm. I busted my ass and I, you know, and I convinced myself this works or you fail. And I, you know, and it's like, if I could give one piece of advice to, especially people who are just starting their journey, you have to be able to physically convince your mind and body mm-hmm. that this has to work. You don't have any other options. And I think you would be amazed at what you would be willing to do to make that business succeed. Right. Well, like I, I don't brag about that. Like I quite literally slept in my office. Like that's not like a joke. Like I slept on a blow up mattress. I used to sneak into hotels and eat their free like dinners and lunches because I like I had family at home that I didn't want to take money away from. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. how many people would do that? Would you sleep in a, would you sleep in your office? I got sick as fuck one time because they were uh, during like the build out stage of the office. Mm-hmm. I had to sleep there. It was freezing. There was no heat on top of all the drywall dust everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm like getting no sleep because I'm trying to like, I'm nervous that the contractor is going to come in at like four o'clock in the morning. I didn't want them to know I was sleeping there. Yeah. I'm like inhaling all this dust. You know, I'm like calling my wife. I'm like, oh, I can't talk. I feel like I got pneumonia. And I'm like, we're opening in two weeks. I'm like hiring people. And I'm like, this is like, is this what I'm really doing right now? Yeah. So that's it's like, that's so nerve wracking hiring people when like you ain't got shit in the bank. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, dude. Or even like a chair for can... them to sit in during like yeah. the interview process. You know, I'm like, <laughs> take a, I'm like, take a seat on that stack of furniture pads over there. You know what I mean? Perfect. Yeah. You're working for a moving company. This is part of our process. It's comfortable. <laughs> yeah. That's more comfortable than a lazy boy. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure we could go down that rabbit hole all day and have a lot of fun oh, yeah. with it. And I'm, I'm laughing because, you know, I relate to it and I, yeah. I align with it, you know, and there's so many entrepreneurs now that have not gone through something like that. You know, for me, it was during my divorce. I slept in my office for or my separation. I slept in my office for two weeks, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it was not the time to get separated or divorced. I was, uh, eight years into the business and not doing well at all. You know, yeah. just, just, you know, the, the Valley, I was in a Valley and, you know, we started a, a separation at the same time, but so anyway, but your business, yeah. but your business still succeeded, right? Absolutely. Right. So it's, it's because of the mindset of like, you, you had to make it work. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, 
that's ultimately what it is. I don't, and I think if you don't have that mindset, you're probably not passionate enough about your business and you just got into it for the money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you, and you, you don't have that purpose yet. Once you have that purpose, you do have a win or die mindset. It just, it's ingrained into you because you can't imagine doing anything else than making the impact and, and living in the purpose that you are right now. I can't imagine right. going backwards and not being able to live in that again because it's the, one of yeah, the greatest feelings in the world. 100%. And I think that, um, you know, don't get me wrong. Like I talk about the impact in my legacy now, like from changing people's lives and like moving people forward. But like mm -hmm. my, the impact that I wanted to make 10 years ago was to like, make sure my wife and kids were taken care of. Yeah. And I think that if that, that can be your passion, like mm -hmm. don't, don't think that you have to have like some crazy, like, you know, you want to open up like a children's hospital or something right, like that's right. your mission. And that's, what's going to drive you. Like, it's okay to have like that most simplistic mindset. Like, you know, we're men, right. Mm -hmm. And as like hunters and gatherers, we want to take care of the people we love. And like, that was it for me. It was like, that was enough. And yeah. unfortunately it's not enough for some people, I think. And they, and they fail and they forget because they can fall back on whatever, but you know, I, and I, so I think it's important to understand that it doesn't have to be like something like great and major in the beginning. It can be mm -hmm. just about taking care of your family, but in order to like get past that two-year mark, five-year mark, seven-year mark, you have to start to get past the, 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 the physical things of success. Mm -hmm. Um, like in the, and like the selfish side of things, because once you make it like two or three years, you're likely taking care of your family yeah. in an okay way, yeah. right. To where your family's going to be okay. Now you got to kind of figure out what the next step is or like, who do you want to help next? And if you really want to like catapult your business, you better start to figure out how to make an impact in other people's lives. Mm -hmm. Because if you cannot figure that out, you're going to tread water for no matter how long you're open in business. Yeah. Yeah. I've been in that, that stage for a couple of years too. So what do you think the, and because you mainly specialize in service-based businesses, right? Yeah. What do you think the pivot point is for a service-based business to say, okay, now I need a dedicated sales team? Because I, I do, I have a lot of people come to me with that question. When should yeah. I hire my first salesperson? Like, yeah. and so I, I was excited about you coming on the podcast because I, I got to imagine you've gone through that stage, whether it's in your partnerships or in your own business where it's like, okay, now we need a dedicated salesperson or sales team, or let's launch yeah. a sales program. Yeah. So, so like when we're now we're talking like more of like the, the, the analytics side mm -hmm. of a business, right? Not the mm -hmm. mindset side. So right. in, in my world, you ultimately have to have at least one person to answer the phone to begin with, right? right? We're a warm lead, um, company, right? We do a lot of PPC stuff. Obviously we're extremely well branded. So, mm -hmm. um, the lead, lead generation has never really been an issue in that world. Some of the other businesses I have, it is, and we're trying to figure that out, but we've always had to have that one person answer the phone where I struggled in the beginning was understanding when to add to that person. And I think a lot of people struggle with that because it's very difficult in any business, let alone a seasonal type business, like moving where you're generating 60% of your, your leads and income from April to September because it's summertime and you know, kids are mm -hmm. out of school um, and ensuring that you're staffed well enough to handle your leads during that time. As a new business owner, what happens all too often is, you know, okay, last year I was able to like help answer phones with my sales rep because I had everything was, you know, we weren't that big and it was okay. I know this year I have to focus on making sure that I'm growing the operations side of the business. Mm -hmm. So I'm likely going to have to bring in help for her to replace me who I helped. You know, I was the one who helped her last year. So then what happens is like, you know, by March, 
she's likely going to need help or he's let that rep's going to need help. Yeah. But you're, you, you get paralysis, right? You start analyzing this in like November and December, and you're trying to guess how much revenue you're going to generate, you know, starting in March through those months. And then you're trying to put that up against like how much it's going to cost to bring in the new CSR. And mm-hmm. you're trying to figure out ROI, right? Like that's all, those are all great things. Like in order to succeed, you have to understand the numbers like that for sure. Right. But no decision is worse than making a bad decision in my mind, right? I've always been of the mindset that I know we have to have this person. I know I need another sales rep to grow my business. And there are times that I would hire another person having no idea if that person was needed or not. Mm-hmm. And I created an illusion that we were going to be so busy and that we had to make it work no matter what, because we have this new person on our team. Okay. So I think that my answer to that would be two sided, right? Number one, understand your numbers well enough and like the way in which you can divide your time to know when you have to add help to that person, have conversations with that person about their workload and how well they think they can perform, especially in the sales world, right? It's a mentally draining type thing, especially in a service-based industry when you're answering the same questions over and over again, you're talking to the same, like four different people. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's the same conversations with just four, you know, four different, different personalities, Mm -hmm. but also never be afraid to make the decision to grow your business by bringing in a key player and sales is key, bring them in to force your hand and the hand of everybody else on your team to bring in the leads and to bring in the opportunities. Okay. And I think that that just depends on your level or your want it to, to grow your business. You know, like how quickly do you really want to do that? Absolutely. Um, Cause I've done it both ways. You know, I've, I've sat there and I've analyzed and I just, you know, I hired somebody and I, cause I understood my numbers well enough. Um, I knew that we would be okay. Um, and I've brought that per- I brought a person in and said, Hey, I just brought in this, this in-home estimator. We got to keep him busy. Let's figure out how to do it. Right. And you'd be amazed at how well you can figure that stuff out when you understand that, like, you don't want to uproot that person and ruin their lives. They just decided to join your team. Right. right? Yeah. So I have a, a adding a salesperson calculator that I run, okay. through, right. With, especially with my consulting clients. And that's just to kind of give them peace of mind. But it's like yeah. you said, what I really know is my first six or seven years in business, I didn't know my numbers. Yeah. I just said, hey, I need somebody to run this division. Let me promote someone or let me hire someone and let me jump. Because at some point, yeah. no matter how good the numbers look, there's variables, there's risks involved. There, Anything could happen. You, it could take you three or four people that you have to go through in order to get to that person that's going to work. So you're going to have to be able to handle those hits of that payroll for that couple of weeks that they didn't work out times three or four, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's like, you know, this whole idea and, and, and I do tell them just make sure you have the base salary in the bank, right? Yeah. Uh, that, that is the surefire way to make sure that it happens. Right. But I never did, you know yeah. what I mean? And I made it well, happen every time. And, and you do, you grow to the level that you set yourself up for you. You said you hire the person and now the rest of the team has to make it happen in order to support that person. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, well, and you're, yeah. And like, and to support that, your, your goals and your vision have to be so big that the team understands the importance of bringing in this person and making mm-hmm. that work. Right. Yeah. Because our goal guys from day one has been to achieve X. Yeah. So now we all understand like uh, this isn't Josh being selfish and bringing another sales rep to put more money in his pocket, yeah. which, which is another thing that I think needs to be said and entrepreneurs need to understand do not set yourself up financially to be at a, a detriment 
because you have so many bills that you have to pay personally to where you can't grow your business. Yeah. Right. I've seen that happen. I've got a few coaching clients where it's like, Hey, you need to hire a salesperson. You need to hire a, a, you know, an assistant, right? Most of the time people don't realize the importance of that, yeah. but it's like, Josh, I can't afford the 40 grand a year because you know, I got, I got all these bills I got to pay. Yeah. So, you know, as a new entrepreneur, make sure you're not like, you're not agreeing to certain bills, whether it's personally or within your business that don't match the vision that you have for your company. Right. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't do Lambo living. That's what I call it. Right. <laughs> don't, don't Lambo live, you know, when you should be driving a Toyota, like that's just not the way it should be because sooner or later that's going to catch up to you and it's going to, it's going to bottleneck the growth of your business well, because you have too much to pay for on your own. And it, it's such a, it's, it's so hard to resist because yeah. I guarantee in that first year, if you had bought a Lamborghini, all your family would be like, Oh, you were right. You made it. Like you get all this validation out of it. You know what oh, I'm yeah. saying? But that would have been half of your receivables for the year. You know? Oh, like, yeah. I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> like that first year, I don't, yeah, I don't even know if I could have afforded something like that, but like, it's not about at the end of the day, you know, you will realize, and I'm sure you have, and as you climb the ladder of success or whatever you deem successful from a monetary standpoint, you will learn that like those, the cars, the trips, the houses, dude, you will get like gratification from those for, you know, Different maybe reasons. a day. And what's super weird. I don't know if you feel this way. is like, I feel like I get excited to buy something. And it's like every single time I reach, like I buy something that in my brain, like makes me cool or successful. Mm -hmm. I, it's like the time frame that I enjoy it is less and less each time. Yeah. And, and I, like, I kind of feel like selfish saying that out loud, but it's yeah. like, you know, I, like my wife and I bought, a, a very nice house back in January. And it's like, dude, I enjoyed it for like a day. And I'm like, all right, it's just a house. Like it, it's just a house. You know what I mean? And I don't know. There, maybe, there's, maybe there's, I'm crazy. there's levels to that too. Right. So yeah. I, uh, you know, so I had an influx of cash, right. And uh, I wanted to put it into investment so I didn't touch it. That's how I manage my money because I'm terrible with money. So I, I get it out of my hands quickly yeah. as I can. And so one of the things that I did was invested in a watch portfolio that we're currently offloading right now. Oh, and cool. uh, a piece of Good that time to do that. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, a piece of that was a Rolex, you know, and it was uh, 30,000. Right. And so I, I made the investment and I got it in and everything. And um, I had no desire to wear it. Yeah. Like, I, I honestly didn't like it that much. I thought it, I would put it on my wrist and I would like it a lot more. I ended up, you know, falling in love with this tag that is yeah. uh, a sixth of the price, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But it's a Batman tag and Batman's my favorite superhero. So those are nasty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, cool. um, but it's crazy. Cause like, you know, all throughout my twenties, like the Rolex was it. My father-in-law got a Rolex and I was like, man, that's when I know I've made it, you know, and this, yeah. this whole idea we have in our twenties of what success is. And it's just ridiculous, you know, and it's probably my most successful moment I would say the other day is when we dropped off my daughter at her first middle school dance. And then when my wife went to go pick her up, she noticed that she went and said bye to three different people. And wow. like, it's a small, it's a small uh, school, you know, so we already know all the kids and like kind of who's who and what she went and said bye to a popular person. She went and said bye to a nerd and she went yeah. and said bye to like somebody that like has no friends, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And she's kind of given us the, the breakdown of everything, but that's who she is. She doesn't, you know what I mean? That was, that was like, one of the most successful moments in my life that my child did not like subscribe to one group and oh, that's, was willing to have friendships with everybody, you know? So that was just right. like, that's like top 10 for me right now. 
you know, not, Dude, that's amazing. Like yeah. that, like that gave me chills to hear that because their kids, how old is she? She's 11. Yeah. So 11 year olds, I have a 10 year old daughter. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like, I know like how petty and like, she's a cheerleader and stuff, right? Like I know how that drama can yeah. be. So the fact that she's doing it, something you should be very proud of. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that like, that's a very mature mindset. Right. And you just kind of went through the progression of like being a young kid who thinks the Rolexes and the Lambos are cool. And it's yeah. like, nah, dude, I get my satisfaction from seeing my kids be good people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, don't, I don't like, don't get me wrong. Like I like nice shit. Yeah. Okay. Like <laughs> I want, like, I want to work hard. Like I want money in my bank account. Like yeah. I want to, like, I want nice stuff. Um, but it's, it's, it's about the satisfaction. Like, like you're still smiling about that. How many days later now? Yeah. You know, and I just said, you know, I bought a million dollar house and like, I literally didn't like a day later. I'm like, it's just a house. Yeah. Like, it, like, you know, it's cool to pull up and it's nice, but it's like, you know, quick story. I had um, a football coach tell me the other day, just text me. He's like, your freshman is amazing. He holds conversations. He asked me how my day was, what I'm doing this weekend. And just randomly text me that, you know, and I'm like, yeah, kids can't do that. Oh, it's massive. Like, that, yeah. Like, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? Like. So as you're saying that, like, I'm remembering how great that felt the other day when my kid, I'm like, so like, now I'm proud again. Right. Yeah. You know, you come into my house, you've never been here and you say, Josh, your house is beautiful. I'm like, that's cool. But you're like, Hey, you tell me that story. And then we connect on that level. Right. Like that's the stuff. And once you figure out like, that's the shit that really matters Mm -hmm. because those, you know, those endorphins and that level of excitement you get from material things as it dwindles and dwindles and dwindles, you, you better make sure you've, you're focused. And, you know, I don't think you have to have kids or a wife to like feel that stuff. I think that your mission has to, you have to be, your mission has to be focused on like other people, right? Your team, your customers, because you can get those same feelings from those people as well. Well, and it turns into a mental health conversation and, and something that I went through in my late twenties because I did have all the things you know what I mean? And the money in the bank account and all that stuff. And, um, but what you realize is you, you're right. The dopamine hits less and less yeah. and less, you know? Yeah. So it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And then if you don't have anything real to back that up, you don't have a real foundation of values and family and impact, you know, you're, you're, you're going to slip into depression. You see it happen with 30 year old entrepreneurs all the time that are incredibly successful, but they're miserable. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're reaching for all these extreme things that aren't going to fulfill them because they're, you know, and, and, and divorce happens. Right. But yeah. because they're divorced and they barely see their kids and, you know what I mean? They're running their business 18 hours a day still yeah. after all these years, you know? Yeah, and so I don't want to get too far off topic, but no, I mean, no, that, I think it's, that's where it, it goes. It, you know? Yeah, it does. And it's about, you know, for everybody's different. Like not everybody wants to be married. Not everybody can right. or want to have kids. Right. So what we're like relishing in right now that we enjoy other people may not which right. you know which is why you, your mission as an entrepreneur you've get, you know once you get past like those initial couple of years and you've got steady income and you're, you're doing you're, you're doing your thing there like you got to find out what the, what's next mm-hmm. and you know you asked me the question about like the seven years and the secret you know and i would say that there's a layer of that too is like you know, I, I get bored super easy. Okay. So like I'm all over the Same. place. Like I'm always looking for different investments and like, you know, some do great, some fail. And I'm like always looking to like buy new franchises and stuff because like I get bored. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times that my, my boredness helps me fo- focus on my mission because like, I'm always looking for that opportunity to move, you know, uh, Jeremy in Texas, you know, into his next opportunity, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So, um, 
Yeah, I think it's key that people are just know, like, I'm not saying, I don't think Doug's saying you got to have a wife and kids to like have a fulfilled life. Just make sure that you're fulfilling a, a, the other bucket that you may not need, understand you need to fill yet. And that mm-hmm. is the bucket of like giving and providing to others, like experiences and memories like that. It's not just about the cash and the, the materialistic things. Yeah. It's the, the friendships, the relationships. That's a, that's a huge piece of that, that bucket too, as well. So I, I imagine this is a good segue into my next question. And then you kind of touched on my last question already. So we'll just, yeah. we'll touch that briefly. But my next question is what is the more than mindset? Yeah, that's a good question. So what's funny is it took me like, I feel like it took me like forever to figure that out. Right. I, I was sitting there and I constantly was struggling. You know, I'm not very creative at all. Like I'm just not like, I can't even draw a stick figure. Like I'm like a horrible, my brain. I don't, I don't think like that. Right. Yeah. I'm very black and white. So I'm like, Hey, I'm talking to my wife and I'm like, I, I got to figure out like something to name this podcast or like to name my mission. Like, how can I make this easy and, um, you know, like memorable for people. Um, and I was like, you know, I just want, you know, it actually, it actually started because I got super upset with a couple of contractors who were doing work in my house. So I'm mm-hmm. like, they just don't understand that. Like my experience with them was about more than like the color of paint he's putting on my walls or like the carpet that he's putting down, like that all looks good, but you're, you're pissing me off because you're, you're missing the customer experience mm-hmm. or you're missing the communication, right? I'm like, owning a business is about more than just like your, the product that you're give, installing or the service that you're giving. And I just kept saying, I was like, it's just like, I got to tell, I got to figure out a way to say like running a business and being successful is about more than what everybody else is telling you that it's about. And she was like, dude, how about just more than, and I'm like, no, nah, that's stupid. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like that's like, that's just two words. Like, how can I grow that? I'm like, you know what? I woke up one morning. And I'm like, you know what? She's probably right. I just got to take something. I got to go. So, you know, the more than mindset is just about an understanding that your business, your, your personal life, whether you're a father, you're a husband, it's always about more than like the, the surface level of things that you're doing or seeing. Okay. When you're giving an estimate to a customer in the business world, you need to understand and find the more than in that process, the more than in that conversation for a couple of reasons. One, it's going to help you get the sale because you're going to connect on a personal level. Why do you need my service? How can I curtail this to fit your needs even better? How is the, my service or my product actually going to um, change the, your life or the life of whoever you're buying it for, right? And like having those in-depth conversations, but understanding like going into that conversation, that it's your job to find that more than as a part of it, right? Understanding that driving your kid to school for eight minutes is about more than just throwing them in the back seat and dropping them off and saying, Hey, have a good day. Right. That's an opportunity to talk to them about lessons in life and about, and like to listen to them and to understand like struggles that they're going through. Right. And to be more than just a chauffeur, like being a dad, mm-hmm. like being a mom. Right. So the more than mindset is just about like digging a little bit deeper than the surface level, getting to like the root of some things in your business and in your personal life and understanding how to take that information and make your life or the life of somebody else that you're talking to or doing business with or a family member, make their lives better. Right. Find the more than in every situation implement that. And I can guarantee you, like, you're going to feel so much more fulfilled because you understand like what it's about. Like you understand more about that person or you understand more about the situation. And it's just like, Hey, it's simple, but Hey, it's more than that. Right. Like, yeah. you know, Hey, my payroll last week was $110,000. I could say 
my payroll is 110 grand. Look at me. I'm successful. But whoa, it's about more than that, right? Like how many families did you feed? Right. How many families did you help to have to pay your employees that much money? That's what it's about, right? So find the more than in that, in, in each situation. I love that. I, lo- yeah. I, I love it because it takes me back to my roots of salesmanship. And one of the things I realized, and I only knocked doors for three months before I built out the, the program that we have yeah. now, right? And it, it's a modified version. Obviously, it's been through 10 years of business. But one of the, one of the biggest pieces of the training when I'm teaching someone our, our sales process is it's not about the product. It's not about the price. It's, a, it's about the lifestyle, right? Yeah. And so if you, can, if you can meet a customer and by the end of that conversation, you're teaching them a way that they can improve their lifestyle, then you're going to sell that customer. You know what I'm saying? And so everything you were saying about it's about more than the actual product or what you're doing for them. It's about, you know, they're making their life better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Why? And, it's like the why. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah. And, you know, it, I, if I was more creative, I could probably come up with a different slogan or a different name for like the podcast and stuff like that. Right. But to me, it's like, it's like, don't ever complicate it. Yeah. It's about more than that. Life yeah. is about more than paying your bills. And about more than like waking up and working your nine to six, like mm-hmm. you can literally find like a more than type mindset in everything, everything that you do every single day, dude. You know what I'm saying? It's like a- eating breakfast. Hey, it's about more than just putting like sugar in your body. Like, Hey, I'm fueling my body. That's the more than in that situation, right? Like it's, it's, it's something that can be in, implemented and util- utilized. And like, that's my goal is it's like, I want to help entrepreneurs, people who, you know, who are just starting out, like not only share the business stuff that we've talked about on this, like, you know, the day-to-day stuff and just mindset stuff, but just understand that like, don't stress, don't freak out, look for the more than, and like, you're going to be able to sleep a lot better every night. Okay. So I think we, we know this answer because you kind of talked about it when you talked about the difference and what made you successful as an entrepreneur, kind of that, that don't quit. And then you started getting into the legacy piece. And so this is the question I ask at the end of every episode. And, uh, you know, it's the podcast is building great sales teams, but it's about more than that. Yeah. <laughs> and like and that. I, I can think of every situation, which I can, yeah. I can use this more than now. And I'm, like I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to tell everybody, hey, Josh Payne, more than. Check it out. Yeah. But, you know, when people say, hey, you do sales, right? Well, I do more than sales, you know, or yeah. you, you have the building great or like, you do, you build great sales teams. Well, it's about more than building great sales teams, you know? And then they, they'll say like, you do solar, right? Well, we do more than solar, you know? And what it comes down to is, is legacy. My more than always ends up everything in between from what you think it is to all the more thans. It ends up at legacy. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's where everybody's answer to everything ends up. Like, why yeah. do you do that? Why, why, if you ask why enough times, you'll get to, you'll get to the root, yeah. you know, you get to the reason, the real reason why. Yeah. And so my question is, what is legacy to you and what legacy do you want to leave behind? Yeah. Legacy to me in the most simplistic terms is the, the conversations that people have with the people that I love once I'm gone. That's, that's what my legacy is. What are people saying about their dad, about their husband, about their friend? One, like once I've left this earth, that's what my legacy is. And what I want my legacy to be is the impact and the family trees that I was able to change by investing knowledge, investing 
time investing capital if need be into individuals who would just have never been given that opportunity because of where they came from, because of their upbringing, because of their mindset, whatever it might be. I want to change their family trees. And I want those conversations that people are having with the ones I love to be about how your dad changed my life. Not that your dad gave me a job, not that your dad gave me a loan. Your dad changed my family tree and I was able to change my kids' lives and the lives of so many people to come. I love that. And I love what you said earlier too. It wasn't thousands. It wasn't millions. It was 12. Yeah. It was 12. And I, and that number kind of stuck out for the rest of the podcast. Like, I love that it's not this just astronomical number. It doesn't have to be because you're right. It, it does end up, it's like 12 to the nth power though. Yeah. You know, where you could be, you know, seven minutes in heaven, maybe 700 years on earth. Right. And you can right. look down after seven minutes in heaven and see the impact that you had from those 12, from you to those 12 people, or you can even go back your mentor you know yeah. what I'm saying? Or the people that influenced you and not just your business life, but your personal life. And then they impacted you and you impacted those 12 people and those 12 people, you know, impacted millions after that. That's all, yeah. That's what it's about. You know, mm-hmm. I, um, I say 12, that was the number I pulled. You know, I don't, I don't know if I have like a number. I, I don't want to put a number to it. I don't want like my yeah. legacy. Like, I was only able to help 11. You know right. what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm proud to say that there's, you know, there's, there's already five, right. There's already five people who, uh, who have or are given an opportunity that I was given, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where that number stops, I don't know. Um, I'll likely be like on my deathbed, or you know, like like old and feeble to where I can't have conversations anymore. But um, that's just what it's about to me. Do you know how many apostles there were? Thir- 12, 13? 12. 12, Yeah, that's why that number stuck in my head. Yeah, and that that, that number was not a mistake. It was not random. Yeah, there's, there's no I, way. I believe that. And then yeah. why am I stuck on it? You know what I mean? So it's weird, right? I did. I, in my head, I was like, wait a second. How many apostles did Jesus have? And he had 12. Yeah. That's crazy. Don't tell my wife that. I, I always joke with her. I'm like, do you know, uh, like what the, like what Jesus's name, like they said it was Yeshua. Mm-hmm. That was his, his name. And I was like, Yeshua translates to Joshua in the English language. <laughs> She's like, don't fucking start. You're not Jesus. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> That actually is a sin in the oh, Bible. We can't do that. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, You're going but... somewhere here. No, I'm completely <laughs> Yeah, you got to tell her about that. That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. All right, brother. Well, it's been an amazing show. Um, I, I would imagine a lot of our listeners are at that stage where you could possibly help them out, create some opportunity for them in their business or in one of your other franchises. Uh, how do they get in touch with you? So uh, Instagram is probably the easiest way to get in touch with me. It's the underscore Josh Payne. Uh, you can also go to my website, thejoshpain.com. There's a link there where you can submit information to request on partnerships, mentorship, you know, whatever you're interested in. But uh, if you want to get to me quick, you got a quick question, whatever it might be, just hit me on Instagram. I, you know, I, I'll get back to you pretty quickly. And don't hesitate. Don't feel like you got a stupid question or don't feel like, um, you know, you're so far behind where you should be. Like, I found that to always be the case. Just ask. Yeah. Reach out and ask. Right. You're going to find guys like me and, and the real ones are going to are going to help uh, and do so without expecting anything in return. So uh, this has been fantastic for me. I've really enjoyed it. Like, I don't even feel like it was a podcast. We're just kind of, you know, we're two buddies just chatting about life and about business and success. So thank you for having me. I, I look forward to seeing you in person next time. 
Absolutely, brother. It's been a, an awesome podcast. Can't wait to put it out there. Uh, this will probably be out next as, as soon as next week, so you'll start seeing cool. all the stuff for it. And we'll cool. get you set up with a, a link and everything so you can have access to all that stuff and share it on your okay. mediums as well, too. No, that's uh, perfect. Yeah, we'll have we'll have Marissa take it and share it like crazy. This has been fun, man. I, I really appreciate it. You have no idea. Like, this is – I've done a couple of these. You know, I, I always say, like, I don't want to do that stuff. And <laughs> this has been – like, honestly, this has been my favorite one. Well, and you'll you'll find, too, and, and I got to outro it, but – and I don't mind putting this stuff on the podcast. I don't really care. Um, but you'll yeah. find, too, you dial in your message by yeah. talking about it. And the, the yeah. podcast helps so much with that. You know, I just did my first speaking engagement a couple of weeks ago, and it came out so easy because I've talked about these things on the podcast a hundred times over. So many times. So yeah. the, the, those those reps are going to be huge for you. But, yeah. That, well, you've been a big help, man. Really, you, you really have been. I really appreciate it. I hope you know that. Like, I, you've, you've been a huge help. Not even, not even with your comment of turning the camera around, but, like, even yeah. the call we have with Marissa, like, that stuff's always, it's been super good, man. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm here for, brother. All right. Let's get building. We'll see you, brother. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. We appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, and leave a review wherever you consume podcasts and subscribe so you're notified when we release new content. Great sales teams aren't recruited. They are built brick by brick. Let's get building.